Hey everyone, it's Evelyn, your host of Now I Get It, today's entertainment business news in five minutes or less. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the numbers around HBO's House of Dragon premiere and how they're a reflection of the imbalance actually in today's viewing behavior. To set the background, last weekend was the premiere of the Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon. The show is based on George R.R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood. It's only one book, actually, but they're turning it into a 10-episode series. It's supposed to be set 200 years before the franchise Game of Thrones that we know from these past decade. And this new show is about the House Targaryen and their civil conflict within their house. The showrunners have actually said that although this first season is only 10 episodes, they hope and expect that this story can span about three to four seasons if HBO decides to renew. So I knew the show was coming out the same way I know there's a Lord of the Rings show coming out on Amazon, but I didn't really know the date or time House of Dragon would be dropping. In fact, I stumbled upon it last Sunday night just being promoted on my smart TV. And I was like, oh, it's out. Cool, I guess. I even did an Instagram story poll asking if people actually knew the show was even coming out and if they thought it was a big deal. 54% of my echo chamber voted no. They didn't know either that the show was out already and they weren't really following it. But guess what? Did I watch it on Sunday night? Yes. Yes, I did. (laughs) Not only did I watch it, but I guess many others did too. Let's get into the numbers. On Sunday night, that first episode of House of Dragons made history for HBO and HBO Max and drew the largest audience for any new HBO original series. It brought in 9.9 million viewers across linear, which is, you know, your traditional television cable network and streaming in the U.S. alone. In fact, some analysts estimate that the House of Dragons premiere doubled the first day viewership for Netflix's newest season of Stranger Things this past summer. You may probably be thinking, 9.9 million viewers? Didn't Game of Thrones get more viewers than that? Like always, the devil's in the details. HBO made this headline claiming that this was the biggest series premiere, which means episode one, season one numbers. Game of Thrones ended the show with 19.3 million viewers. So yes, far outshadowing this almost 10 million viewers of last week's House of Dragons premiere. But Season one, episode one of Game of Thrones. Back then, when the show was still relatively unknown, it was pretty hard to pull in big numbers. High quality shows usually rely on good word of mouth. But in this case, with House of Dragons, they already had that Game of Thrones precedent, giving them a boost. Outside of the U.S., Warner Brothers Discovery, the parent company of HBO, even announced that this was the largest series launch on HBO Max, even in Latin America and Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Even a spokesperson for HBO Max said the number of viewers for the first episode of House of Dragons exceeded all expectations. See, I wasn't the only one, you guys. So why do I think it did so well? Well, first, gotta give credit to the Game of Thrones fandom and nerd culture in general. I say nerd culture in the most loving, respectful way. They carry a lot of consumer power. My second and biggest reason I think the numbers are big, I think people miss TuneIn TV. You know, that fun, buzzy water cooler talk. Netflix completely rewired our viewing behaviors with binging. The problem with binging is, once you binge it, you have one or two days of water cooler talk with your friends, family, coworkers, and then it's over. There's no anticipation, no buildup. Stranger Things Season 4 kind of did that with their one-month break between Part 1 and 2 this summer, but that's even a stretch. Let's just put it this way. 
With the shows that are weekly these days, even for impressive shows like Marvel, Disney Plus spinoff shows, or something like Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, I usually still have to wait for my friends to watch on their own time. And only then can we lightly discuss for a few minutes and then move on. It's not this collective viewing experience where everyone is clearing their schedules, racing to the TV after dinner to watch it. Me? Just me, guys? <laughs> anyway, my final thoughts on the House of Dragon success. I agree with media analysts that we should all still be keeping a close eye on the show's momentum and viewership numbers. Uh, hopefully, it does. it continues to do well for HBO mainly because the new Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, David Zaslav, has been ruthlessly hacking down content and employees around the service. David Zaslav has doubled down on cost-cutting measures. At this point, he's canceled almost 40 shows. Um, and per my last podcast episode, he has canceled the release of Batgirl, even though it's complete. And he's even taken off some shows they've licensed, such as 200 episodes of Sesame Street. By HBO, Warner Discovery not having to pay for licensing Sesame Street, it's just a fast way to save some money. Well, since it's Friday, I wanted to share what I've been watching, what I will be binging. Oh, see what I mean? What I will be binging? My viewer behavior? <laughs> anyway, I watched the finale of Only Murders in the Building this week. I felt like the finale redeemed the show. Sort of. I'm still annoyed Amy Schumer never finished out her cameo. I will 100% be binging Partner Track on Netflix. It is a hour-long drama series about a Asian female lead that's not Constance Wu, thank God. But tell me, why do they always make us careers women so uptight and cringy? Well, I'll report back next week on the show. That's it for today's episode, everyone. I hope you learned a little, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.